This is the Horse Radio Network. Imagine giving up your stable corporate job for one in horses. It's something a lot of us dream about, but our guest, Brittany Chambers, actually did it. This week, we're talking about what the heck is happening with Kentucky in 2021 and the most creative ways we've tried to save money because horses. Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Mag, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome Welcome to Happy happy hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Jessica Payne. And I'm Ellie Wozniaka. Welcome to episode 82 of Heels Down Happy Hour. How's it going, guys? Not bad. Just to break the ice, still haven't shaved my legs. Oh, man. Really? Yeah. I thought you would, like, give in by this point. Nope. You know, it's more like now I'm most afraid of how many razors I'm going to have to buy to get through it. I I'm actually you, the wall I, clippers. The wall clippers yeah. are where you're at. I feel like I should do a demo video and send it to him. <laughs> Honestly, you should try it because I'll just be curious if it works. Me too. All right. Please All do right. and make your poor make, boyfriend tape it. Yeah. Oh God. He would be so embarrassed. He'll probably have to be drunk. <laughs> oh wow. But I will tell you, I have thought about your legs more in the last two weeks than I I don't even know. Like I was just ever. I was, yeah, seriously, ever. I was <laughs> I was just plucking my eyebrows like yesterday and it made me think of your legs and I'm I'm constantly like, God, why am I thinking about Ellie's legs? It's so funny. Like, I have oh, that effect on people. <laughs> it just you keeps do. returning to the forefront of my mind and I think about that picture you sent us and I'm like, Oh my god. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Equal Gold. You should join the Equal Gold Riders Club, Equal Gold's new Facebook group. You'll hear a lot about upcoming events there. You get to connect with other Equal Gold riders, and you'll get exclusive deals and product information. Again, you can find the group by going to Facebook and searching for Equal Gold Riders Group. All right, guys. So I have a very special drink this week. I'm not a really big football person, but I'm going to jump on the bandwagon because, hey, I'm in Tampa, and technically we're a title town now in 2020. It was an awesome game. It was a super awesome game. So go Bucks, Super Bowl champs. Woohoo! Um, thank God for Tom Brady is all I got to say. And I have a great like pirate-inspired drink in honor of the Bucks. So they call this the Tampa Bay Pirate Party. And what you're going to need is some lime juice, orange juice, passion fruit syrup, grenadine, and terramana blanco. I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah. And basically you're going to... Sounds right. <laughs> yeah. So they're all different measurements, which we'll link in the show notes. But basically you take all these ingredients, you mix them up into a, it's best served in a hurricane glass because this is a Florida drink. And you want to garnish it with a, a half of a discarded lime shell. And you can um, also add a smoked cinnamon stick and a pirate flag. Ooh. So go, go Bucks. That sounds really good. This is the first drink where I feel like it's fruity enough for me. Although if I mixed it, it probably would just look brown. <laughs> <laughs> More sludge. That's awesome. All right. What do you got for news, Jess? So this has been kind of a crazy couple weeks for the eventing world because it was announced that Rolex or Land Rover Kentucky was canceled, the five-star was, and that they were going to have news that maybe different other levels were going to be offered. Not just the five, the 5L was gone, but they were going to do other things. And then a lot of riders and everybody was kind of perturbed by the whole situation because as a rider, like we had no idea that this was coming, that the five-star was going to be canceled. Like we knew that there was maybe some financial like rumors and stuff, but we didn't know it was bad. And I don't know for personal stuff. Like I think that the EEI could have done a better job of telling people so that there's not just one week that everybody could fundraise, but a lot of big time riders decided to like jump in and like get the ball rolling and get all of social media kind of like a frenzy about it. And we're like, look, we're going to raise this money. We need, what do you need? And they said $750,000. And they, Sarah Kozenblick, Dorothy Crowell, all of them, a lot of big people decided to step up and say, look, we can do this. People can donate. And they're still donating, I think, in this 
time, like we'll find out what's actually going to happen. And all the money is refundable if they don't do it. But as of now, there's like $530,000 raised. And I think there's like a couple more days at this point that they can do it. So stay tuned that if they get their 750, they will add the five star back in and it will be back going. So we'll see because the frustrating part with it for us is, and for the organizers and everybody is the USCF is once again said no spectators, nothing. And in Kentucky, you know, it's the headquarters, all this Bill Maroney said, Nope, not happening. And I, I don't know. I'm a little frustrated in the fact that like all these other organizations, you know, they just had a Super Bowl with 20,000 people and we can't have one person. I don't know. I just, that's kind of like my rant that I don't really understand, but I will tell you that is. Florida is like a COVID nightmare though. So yes. that's why the Super Bowl came here because it's rampant and there, there are no policies in place to keep anybody safe. I think, you know what I mean? And obviously every state is different, but you know, that was my concern with Kentucky. It draws so many people it's such a huge spectator sport and that's what makes it so special right but is it safe to do that this year i mean that's that's the that's big question. The question and i don't know like there i think it's an olympic year you know technically tokyo still is thinking it's going to happen and i think that it is a dis like a disadvantage for riders to not have a five-star here in the spring so for us, we're just like all sitting in limbo, not sure what's really going to happen. But at the end of the day, I think that it would be in the best interest for us to have the five stars. So we'll stay tuned because I think there are ways that you can keep people involved and not have actual spectators. Like you can have, a, you know, we have live feed now. We have other things that people could buy all this stuff for it. But I don't know. We'll stay tuned for what actually happens because I think it's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be yeah, interesting. I mean. I struggle with it just because of like, you know, asking for almost a million dollars during a global pandemic. Exactly. Like, you know, you have, I mean, you know, some of those riders are riding horses owned by multi-billion dollar people like that can cough out that. I mean, what does Land Rover have to sell six cars to make that kind of money? You know what I mean? Like, why are you asking your spectators who still have to buy tickets, even if they donate? to spend all this money during a global pandemic when people are having to, you know, euthanize lesson horses because they can't afford to feed them. Like, but I think I'm there were like, better ways to not wait till the last week. And they well, yeah, say, oh, definitely. Hey, yeah. You know what they say? Oh, we had an auction. We had this. Well, obviously your marketing people or whoever's in charge didn't do a good job because none of us knew about it. Yeah. And who are you reaching out to? Like, obviously the wrong kind of people. Well, you know, so I will say Sarah and them are like trying to get owners and people that like do have the money to like privately do a bunch of funding so that it isn't just the spectators and people like that. So there are people that are trying to do their best. I just think that, you know, it's a little unfortunate that at the end of the day, they waited the last minute and it's not the writer's fault. It's not any of that, but like I, EI kind of is a little bit like, okay, why'd you wait till last week and then say, oh, it's canceled. But really, like, couldn't you have gone a different route? I think it could have been handled as an organization way better. Oh, yeah. They dropped the ball completely. And I don't think it's, you know, the working person's responsibility to bail them out. You know, they've screwed over the riders on an Olympic year, not yeah. the working people. That's their problem, no. you know? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of different problems with it, basically. Oh, it's frustrating. <laughs> that is an understatement of the century. But Ellie, what do you have for us in brighter news? Yeah, so I have I have some interesting news. So in Utah, there was this couple and they were just like landscaping. And they found the remains of what appeared to be like a Shetland-sized horse. And scientists like preliminarily thought it was like over 10,000 years old. But the interesting part is, like, the more they looked into, like, the bones and everything, they actually came to realize that the horse appeared to be not only domesticated, um, like horses that we have today, but that it was, like, cared for and ridden, um, and that it was more, okay, I'm going to totally botch the communities. So we're going to, before Europeans had a permanent presence in Utah, uh, that's how, like, old this thing is and it's insane and it's super interesting to see that you know native people 10,000 years ago 
were taking care of and domesticating and riding horses. So I just think that's really interesting. And I'm excited to see what more they find out. Also, like, I want to be landscaping in my yard and find, you know, dinosaur bones or horse bones. That'd be kind of, I mean, not horse bones. I think it'd be kind of grossed out. But I just thought, what a cool thing to do on, like, a, a Sunday. I could just right? see that being into an interesting uh, interesting documentary, especially if the couple is, uh, you know, funny to watch. <laughs> so you have science news, right, Justine? I'm super excited about your science news. It's like weird science, though. So hold, hang on, because it's kind of a wild ride. But basically, we already know that there are cloned horses out there. I mean, there are even some sport horses. I, I know in eventing, there are cloned horses that are literally have the genetic makeup of a horse that passed away, and they've and they've made a copy of it. Well, this interesting story that came out in Horse Sport. Uh, recently is based off a, an article that came out in the BBC News that talks about updates in gene editing and how scientists are producing gene-edited animals that they, that they think, in theory at this point, could one day become super sires or like basically surrogate dads. Uh, and they can, we can basically control, you know, control the attributes that they pass down when they, when, you know, when you breed a cloned animal. And this article gets pretty deep into the whole idea of gene editing and, and explains that as a concept, which I don't think I can realistically do in a five minute segment on a podcast. So we're going to obviously Definitely link not. to the story. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll link to the story so you guys can get all of the details there. But something that really uh, stood out to me was they in this horse part article they talk about uh, an article that came out in New Scientist about clone cloned testicles. Hopefully that's not going to get us in trouble on uh, iTunes by using the word testicles. But basically, scientists actually have cloned sex parts of animals that that will basically let like let's say a goat a goat can father the offspr- offspring of another male because his testicles are gene edited that came from a a different cloned goat does that make sense so it's like a surrogate in that it's not passing on its own genetic material it's passing on the genetic material of the cloned animal from which they got the original testicles from so when are they going to put this into humans because i would like to carry patrick swayze's baby is that weird (laughs) oh my gosh i can't (laughs) Who knows? I mean, I think I think it's fascinating and also scary, but I feel like but, Matt would support that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's it has like real consequences for us in, in sport horse breeding and, and just producing quality horses. Um, it can continue the lines of, uh, you know, of really important horses for, for much longer than we've been able to. And right now you're seeing a lot of cloning uh, in terms of horses in polo horses. I know it's, it's yeah. probably biggest in that sport. And they're kind of the guinea pigs now, try, you know, seeing what works and what doesn't. And so, I, I mean, international polo players, according to this horse sport article, are investing like $120,000 per cloned horse. It's just, I mean, that's amazing. It's really wow. interesting. But there are some, you know, some organizations like in the EU that have banned animal cloning. So it's kind of interesting to see where it will go in the future. Like who's going to take a, you know, like a strong, strict approach to what works and then who's going to use it to further breeding operations. You know, I'm not sure. We'll see what happens. But you definitely want to read this story. It's fascinating. And just a shout out to everybody donated and helped us with Patreon. We really appreciate everybody who contributes and everybody who contributes every month. I kind of want to do a little challenge that uh, if you haven't, and you decide to this month, I'll let you pick how I decide to tackle shaving my legs. <laughs> so if you, if you are also disgusted by my hairy legs or want to help us continue to make uncomfortable conversation, go ahead and go to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash heels down. Okay, so I wanted to to kind of mix it up a little bit for our product review segment this week. And instead of reviewing a specific product, I wanted to talk to you guys about your favorite brands or stores or services that you think offer the like the best customer service, like have the best service no matter what. Like if you've ever run into a problem and they made it right or you've just always enjoyed buying from them, 
can be local stores, can be online stores, can be national chains, whatever comes to mind. Jess, you want to go first? So obviously, like, we love the Eagle Gold. And that is like, you know, I go direct to the shop. It's easy. Go on their website. The website's so user-friendly and I like it. And if there's any problems, we always just like call and that's really good. So like my number one kind of what I have to get online because it's easy. I know exactly what I'm going to pick. But for kind of like ins and out of things, I try to do local as much as possible. So I go in and it's just the customer service and like all of them now have kind of curbside pickup and everything else. So I here in Aiken, it's Oak Manor and they have everything from like show shirts to breeches and they'll order anything for you. Helmets, blankets, all of that. And then like I went in today and picked up Orvis shampoo and clipper blades, you know, that's kind of where I went in and got that stuff. Or the other one here in Aiken that I love is Aiken salary. And they kind of have everything from like feed to supplements to a little bit of clothing to, you know, gloves, everything you kind of need to kind of knickknack gifts, which is a fun one. And so I try to support them the most just because they're great and it's easy. And that's kind of me. And then, yeah. What do you have for us, Ellie or Justine? Yeah. So I, I mean, there are a few like traveling local shops that I know of that I try to buy, like, you know, boots and small products from, um, but I think being in the middle of nowhere kind of hinders, uh, local tax shops. Cause like the closest one I know about is about an hour away. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. But I, so I, so obviously I do a lot of online shopping and, um, in terms of like, um, recently I've gotten into this, it's, it's a long story, but I've gotten into this leather bit trend. Um, oh, I, my, yeah, my horse is like super light mouthed and I've been riding him in a hackamore and um, I'm like, he doesn't really need anything. And I have like a mullen mouth happy bit or like the happy mouth that I've been using. And I'm like, oh, I want to try something even softer. So I've been working with, it's like, it's sweet Billy's bits. They're on Etsy and they make Western bits now too. Um, but I've had great luck with them about like talking about like sizing and like mouthpieces. So I'm super excited to get those. So I think like Etsy is a great little place to get you know, lots of horse stuff, um, especially like it's all hand, like most of it, it's all handcrafted and, you know, and you're supposed, you're supporting local, may not be local to you, but um, still small businesses. And in terms of like big chains, I've had great luck with um, Bob's custom saddles in terms of like their customer service. Um, like they've replaced like keepers and stuff for me. And they've like made sure that they like ask me for the saddle number. So they would like match it completely. So I didn't have to do any oiling or anything. So I really like them. But what about you, Justine? Ooh, I, I'm like taking notes on everything that you guys just mentioned. Some of my favorites, I wrote about it in the brief this week, is Hunt Club. They're a, a small online business and they're known, they're known for all kinds of things. They've got cute t-shirts, but I love their derby belts, which are a really cute. They're stretchy, woven fabric. They look great, though. They're really sharp. I wear them all the time. But I ordered like two belts from them like three years ago. It's been a long time. And they, one broke. And I was so, I was so bummed that it broke that, you know, I went into their website to look for another one because I'd obviously abused it. Like it had lived a good life, but I couldn't find the one that I had ordered. Like they discontinued that color. And so I emailed them and I was just like, Hey, I want to buy this belt. I broke mine. I'm so sad. And they emailed me back and were like, can you send us pictures of your broken belt? And I did, and it was the clasp that had broke. It, like, snapped on the side. And they're and they're like, oh, just pick another one, and we'll send it to you. And so I, they just sent me a free belt and whatever belt I wanted. It was amazing. I know. I was just so impressed with their customer service that they did that. Love the unbelts. I have a black and a navy one, and they're my favorite, like, not new belts, but, like, my favorite belts. I wear them all the time. I love them, too. And they also, they've also replaced belts for me as well. So I... I'm so lazy with the unbelts. I wear them a lot with my jeans because I love that they don't give you like that bulge from a bulge yeah. belt buckle. So I just leave them in my jeans and wash them all the time. And I, I ruined the claps one time and I emailed them and said, you know, I want to, my belt broke. Do you have any, like any advice on washing them? And they're like, oh, well, if you send us the belt back, we'll repair it for free. And like, they'll oh, put a new cool. clasp on it. 
I know. Yeah, those the- are my new favorite belts because I haven't done the Hunt Club one, but the unbelts like are so great. And I that's awesome to know though. Yeah, so they have fabulous customer service. And then I also just wanted to shout out to Smart Pack because anytime I've ever had a problem with anything, supplements, any tack, they they're amazing to work with. So Smart Pack's always a good one. And then my last shout out is for local vendors at horse shows, you know, the ones that come and set up and they're at the show all day. For example, I was just at my first recognized event in many, many years over the weekend. And I mean, I haven't bought like a penny, like a penny for cross country in a long, long time. And I didn't have one. And I was like, crap, what am I going to do? Like duct tape my number to my, (laughs) to my vest. And so I walked into, it was Main horse and rider was the vendor at the horse show and she like saved my life and, you know, got me all set up, was good to go. She also sold eco gold pads there over the weekend. So when you're at a horse show, you know, those are small businesses generally that set up the tax shop and that are there all weekend. And I, I feel like it's important to support them too. All right, everybody. I'm really excited to introduce our guest this week. Brittany Chambers is the founder of CBC Therapeutic Horseback Riding Academy, and she has over 20 years experience with horses. Brittany has ridden several different disciplines such as English, Western, and dressage. And in addition, she's helped fellow horse owners by consulting, training, and handling their horses. Brittany specializes in rider biomechanics and both English and Western fundamentals. Welcome, Brittany. We're so happy to have you. Thanks for having me. So, we wanted to talk to you specifically about how you started your your therapeutic riding academy because I know you you went to school and you and you got basically a real world corporate job right mm-hmm. and what made you I mean you you invested in that degree so what made you I guess decide that you wanted to find a job in horses and you wanted to give that all up well I knew uh, you know I knew I wanted to be a horse trainer growing up my whole entire life so it was kind of like when I was younger I didn't know how I was going to make the leap and when I went off to college you know I went and got my degrees in mental health and after I graduated college I started getting my certifications as a therapeutic riding instructor and an equine specialist in mental health and learning and at the time I did that I was working in corporate corporate America in the mental health sector, but I was unsure of how I was going to make that leap to say, how do I become a full-time riding instructor and horse trainer one day? You know, so one, the job that I was at at the time lost its contract and it was kind of like on a temporary contract. And each month we never knew if that contract was going to be released. And at that time, I just felt it was the perfect time to make the push and you know, take that leap to just go right on into the horse world since I was unsure what was going to happen in the corporate America world. So I kind of made that choice on my own to just go for it. And so So, how many, how many uh, years were you in your corporate job before you, you know, was it like a, you spent like a a long time in that world um, before you made the jump? Okay. Yeah. So I I was in it for, so I got my bachelor's degree in 2012 and I started when I moved back to California because I went to school at the University of South Dakota. So I moved back to California in 2012. I actually got a full ride track scholarship. So I completely left the world of horses for four years while I was in college. I didn't ride a horse. I was barely around them, but it was always like something I wanted to do. So In 2012, I started working in corporate America when I got my bachelor's degree, and I stayed through it through my master's degree, and then I graduated with my master's in 2014, and that's when I I started to pursue the therapeutic riding instructor certification and go that route. But even still then, in 2014, I had no idea how I was going to get a program started, and I opened up my program December 1st, 2015. So... That That's was super happened really fast. <laughs> yeah. So, but you grew up around horses. Your father worked in the industry, was a trainer and everything else. Did that push you one way or another to like follow that path, like with him and everything? Because I know you guys work together and everything now. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was, you know, I was always around horses growing up. So it was just like a way of life. Like I was just talking to my dad this morning and I was like, I still don't feel like I'm at work. He's like, yeah, because horses is a way of life. I've literally been around them my entire life. My dad still trains horses and we still train horses together. 
So it's kind of like, you know, living the dream, just a girl following her dad. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, let's, you know, let's go work with the horses. And, you know, we work together every single day. I ride all of the horses he has in for training. You know, we, we know we talk all the time. Horses are at the same barn. So I knew that I've always wanted to do it, but it wasn't a clear, you know, this is when I'm going to leave corporate America. So it was kind of like straddling the line of a professional career and then a hobby. And then I was able to turn my, you know, my love and my passion actually into my work. Was that scary for you? Like, I, I mean, I, I feel like it would be for me, but like how, what was your backup plan? Like, unless you didn't, if you didn't oh, make it, I, <laughs> I, well, what I did was I, I, it was terrifying. I was absolutely terrified because I was like, well, I have a little bit of savings and I have about two months worth of clients booked. And so I just started booking writing lessons and clients, you know, acting as if I was like, okay, hey, starting in December, I can have you come at this time and that time. But I only had two clients worth booked. So I was like, okay, well, I hope they could take me back or one of my other jobs will take me back if things don't work out. But I honestly, I was so driven. I was like, this has to work. This cannot fail. But that was my black backup plan. I was like, okay, well, I have two months to figure it out if it does, if I see it start not to work. And here I am. I left corporate America in 2018 and here I am uh, still doing all right. Yeah, good for you. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So what did you learn along the way? Just to keep pushing, you know, it's, it's hard. It, I still have, it's, it, you know, it's not easy um, just to not give up. If one door closes, keep, keep pushing, find a new way. You know, it's kind of like failing forward. If this doesn't work, okay, I know how to prevent that from happening next time. So, you know, don't look at it as a failure. Just continue to fail forward if that happens and to not give up and, you know, just do the best that you can, even when the times get tough. Because it, you know, it hasn't always been easy. Do you feel like the skills that you developed in your corporate job, did they apply to the job you're doing now in the horse world? I know you studied mental health and that definitely applies to the therapeutic riding that you do. But do you feel like what you learned in those six years helped you build your business? Oh, I, I totally think so. I have my master's in administration. So the administrative part of running the academy right now, we're almost at 100 students. So it's like that comes with a lot of paperwork and, you know, all the, the back end, the licenses, the insurance, everything you have to have. And then working with so many different organizations and just in regards to connecting with the community, I think those jobs have helped me out tremendously. I mean, especially just giving me the skills that I need to work with different types of people as well. That's why I am able to ha open my doors to so many different individuals in the academies because I am familiar with working with such a wide variety of populations. So I definitely think Corporate America did help me out a lot when it comes to running the academy. You know, everything but horses. <laughs> it's it's definitely helped me out. That's amazing. Well, Brittany, if people, if listeners want to learn more about CBC and what you're doing at the Academy, where, where can they find more information? Um, they can just head on over to the website. It's www.cbcequine.com. We're on Instagram at CBC Equine. And you could, you could check us all out there, follow our journey. We have you know, so many people that do follow our journey, I try to keep everybody updated because we're, we're, we're growing fast. So it's nice to have people involved and following along with us. Awesome. Well, Brittany, it's been so great to have you. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Upgrade your leg protection with Draper Therapy's Perfect Polos. They provide added protection support and temporarily increase in local blood, blood flow to the horse's legs during your rides. The Perfect Polo Wraps offer firm controlled stretch and lightweight breathable material, and it carries only three ounces of water when soaking wet, keeping the weight down even in the worst conditions. Get a pair of them now at drapertherapies.com. So you guys, I want to kind of talk to you about, you know, we're all trying to save money during these crazy times and everything. What are your creative ways and what have you guys learned like in hacks and trying to save money in the horses? Ooh, that's a good question. Ellie, why don't you go first? 
Well, so there's a few little ones that I try to, um, I try to do. Actually, one time I was listening to this comedic, like, um, like a comedy show, and the guy made a joke about the cost of toilet paper. And he, I'm going to say the G-rated version. He had said, eat in, uh, poop out. And I actually took that to heart. And I know that's probably strange coming from a comedy show, but I've saved so much money on toilet paper. So that is a weird one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, you you don't think about it. I mean, I've also like switched to like crappier toilet paper, which is not enjoyable. But, you know, at least my horses get to see the chiropractor. Never mind if I have hemorrhoids, which I don't. I just want to clarify. But so, I mean, I, I try to just do it by, you know, recycling when I can and like not eating out like normal, just money saving hacks for, you know, everyday people. But I did actually have a friend um, who was like part of those like sugar daddy websites. And so she had saved up, I think at one point, like that's how she bought her horse. She had saved like up to $10,000 what? from going on dates with like random sugar daddies. But I don't know if I would recommend that because that sounds super sketchy to me. Yeah. So, I don't cannot yeah. condone that behavior, but I'm also fascinated and want to know more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think she bought like, like a, uh, like an off the track thoroughbred that she, you know, was able to board for like a year with the money. It was crazy. Wow, and I was like, good for her. Yeah. I don't, I mean, okay, to each so their own. I was kind of thinking, like, for me with the horses, like, I do, like, some, I always, like, go, if I buy, I buy the local tax shops or whatever, but if I do have to go online, I always, like, do a Google search and try to find the cheapest place. Like, I'm really good at, like, searching to find the better place to get the deal type thing. Mm-hmm. But then also, I, a lot of, like, vets and pharmacies, I go and, like, I just call my like vet and be like, well, will you price match it if it's somewhere else? So like if they're, you know, cause they don't know what like the best deal is or whatever. So mm-hmm. if regimates, you know, they're charging three twenty or whatever, and someone else is charging two ninety, the vet will then price match it. And so instead of just going what the deal is like just on pharmacies, not on like vet stuff, like, you know, what their policy is, but a lot of places will price match as well as like Valley Vet and a lot of places online will price match. So I do a lot of like price matching. So that's kind of what I was thinking of hacks. I guess I do that kind of with vets too. Like I have one vet that has like super cheap coffee. It's like 20 bucks. Yeah. And she's super inexpensive for shots. So I just have her do all the yearly vaccinations. You know, then I'm helping her. She's local. You know what I mean? And then I just, you know, it's just so cheap because so like, Usual coffee for around here is like, you know, eighty five hundred bucks, and to get like twenty bucks, I'm like, anybody can do shots. There, I am. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. like, man, yeah, that's whatever. perfect. Justine, what do you have? I mean, I love all of your ideas, especially Ellie's. Yeah, especially Ellie's. I'm I like, mean, I feel Ellie's like are, Ellie's are on point. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting a little too old for some of them, but yeah, I'm into yeah. it. Yeah, pretty sure my husband <laughs> would not like the sugar daddy one, but maybe. Oh my gosh. I mean, Alex I th- could do it with his new uh, his new uh, EP um, photo album cover. Yeah, oh my gosh, the mustache. His, <laughs> his, his, <laughs> the new mustache. thing is he has a mustache. <laughs> I did see that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! So over the years, I've I've been very creative on how I've been able you know been able to afford to ride horses. You guys know this. I answered sketchy Craig's, Craigslist ads. I would not recommend that not for sugar daddies but to ride like wild feral horses <laughs> when i couldn't afford to ride them and then you know i've obviously worked at the farm you know to like work off my board for many years mm-hmm. but i feel that's that's so hard to do the older you get <laughs> well especially <laughs> you know? now with yousef rules yeah yeah because exactly. like you there's such a fine line exactly so Lately, I've been in the resale game where this started with I was in the market for a new saddle and I ended up buying a CWD used. And so I was looking at them on eBay and sometimes people just like don't know what they have and they they sell it for cheaper than what it's worth. So a few like it started with I I bought 
a saddle on eBay to try for myself and it didn't work out. And I, I just sold it for like $1,200 more than what I bought it for. And it sold like that. And I was like, this is crazy. So then I did it a couple of times and I've gotten lucky and it's always worked out. So, but it's tricky, right? Cause you don't, it's easy to get burned and, and buy a hunk of junk. So you just got to know yeah. what to look for. And then, but I've noticed people just don't know how to market and sell stuff online. So those are the one, those were the ads I target too. Like, unfortunately, boomers, sorry, you're not good at this. But like, when you don't know how to market something, it it's not enticing people to want to buy it. So if you can write a really good sales ad, you know, I've, I've never had a hard time selling a saddle. And I even actually, my latest is I just bought a, a brand new Phoenix West tack trunk, beautiful hunter tack trunk off somebody oh, for wow. $350. Cause shut the, up. The girl got out of, like, their kid got out of horses, and the hunter barn required them all to have the matching tack trunks. And she had it for, like, a month. It's beautiful. And so I just, it's, I'll probably resell it. <laughs> so I've been, I've been the victim of people like you, <laughs> there was this There was this lady, right? So the old people that own my barn originally, like, they left it, they had a little tack shop, and they left a tack room, like, full but everything was like covered in mold. Like they didn't do anything to like, you know, take care of all the stuff they had. So I found like, Oh God, probably like 20 bits, like all these different, like weird pieces of what I thought were junk. Cause I was like, I've never seen anything like this before. This is some kind of weird concoction kind of thing. Um, so a lady bought like these 10 bits from me for like 200 bucks. And I thought I was getting the deal. I was like, man, there's no way that's, that's probably like a 30 buck, you know, tractor supply bit, you know, well, she sold four of the bits for 200 a piece. Wow. Yeah. Some of them were like, I mean, like, um, like they were Western bits, but like a couple of them were like super like combination bits that apparently like a lot of like barrel racers use and stuff. And I'm like, dang it. (laughs) I should have done my research. (laughs) So yeah. Cause then the lady saw me, I was teaching at a, or coaching at a horse show and she was like, Hey, I said, Oh, you know, did you sell those bits? Cause I knew she was going to resell them. And she was like, yeah, you don't want to know. And I was like, Oh no, tell me. And she was like, yeah, uh, four of them were 200 piece. I'm like, (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was sad. Well, if you don't know, you don't know, you know, right. Yeah. So, so, so watch out for people like Justine. If they're interested, ask them why. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I've gotten lucky, but the problem is it's easy to get burned, so you got to be careful. Oh, yeah. only use like a broken tree or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you never know. All right, it's time for Rose and Thorn, guys, and we have another guest with us this week. We have Grace Air from Georgia. Hey, Grace. Hey, thanks so much for having me. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you all? Wonderful. Thank you for joining us. No problem. So before we get started with Rose and Thorn, let's learn a little bit more about you. What do you like? What do you ride? Do you have a horse? Can you tell us about them? Yeah. So I lucked out. I live in Athens, Georgia, which is known for um, it's really great veterinary teaching hospital. So there's a lot of horse people around. I ride at a local barn that's um, owned by adult amateurs, which is really cool. So it's a lot of older people. Um, there's about eight of us riders, and I ride a little Connemara pony. Oh, um, and amazing. I'm not I'm not competing right now, but um, yeah, that's I primarily just just ride for pleasure, and then as shows kind of pick up, I'll I'll do some schooling shows here and there. Amazing, very cool. Yeah. What's the Connemara's name? Her name's Phoebe. Oh, that's so cute. She's really cute. <laughs> well, do you want to go first for Rose and Thorn? Sure. I'll go ahead and go first. So my rose is a big one. On Thursday, I get to go for a really nice trail ride hack around our farm, which I'm really excited about. Our barn owner is older and he's a French man and his daughter is going to be in town and she wants to come ride with me. And I'm kind of like the unofficial tour guide, uh, trail ride leader at our barn. So I'm really excited to have someone who's like a little bit more a little younger, a little bit more game to to ride and do some, you know, trot sets and stuff. So I'm really excited about how that's going to shape up on Thursday. Are you going to yeah. reenact scenes from Man from Snowy River? Oh, I would, I would love to. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that you know none of us fall off. I'm hoping that we all make it, 
make it okay. But I'm, I'm having a feeling that we're going to do some hills and maybe do a little canter here and there. So it'll be great. Awesome. And what's your thorn? Yeah, my thorn is a big one. So um, like I mentioned that veterinary teaching hospital earlier, um, my husband and I have decided that it's time to get our Chihuahua cataract surgery. Oh, so Aww. we just we just got the quote for how much that is going to cost, which oh, totally no. stinks. Yeah, it, it's one of those things, guys. That once he gets the surgery, he's like completely recovered. So he'll he'll have full sight. He's only six years old. So it's going to improve his you know the quality of his life vastly. So. We know it's worth it, but it's just one of those moments when you're like, yeah. (laughs) So he's going to get, you know, the best care and amazing doctors. But we were just both like, oh, man, we we love our pets. (laughs) I know, right? right? The things we do for them. Wow. You're a good you're a good puppy mom. Thank you. I appreciate that. I definitely care credit, dude. Care credit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Seriously. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Who wants to go next? I can go next. All right. So my rose would have to be, we went to the World Equestrian Center in Ocala um, a couple of weeks ago. And that place is amazing. Like it is super cool. I can't wait till it's finished. There's so much going into so the thought it, of it. It lives up to the hype is what you're saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So I'm super excited. Like that's going to be a big venue and they're going to have great things coming up. And so that would be my rose is like, yeah, it lives up to the hype. Basically. That's the best part. So my thorn would have to be just like kind of stuck in limbo about this whole Kentucky thing we talked about with Land Rover. We don't know our, you know, is there going to be a spring five-star like you know, should the horses be galloping or like ready to go for that? So it's just kind of the limbo of that is kind of the thorn that's just irritating us right now and me, basically. <laughs> so what are you guys going to do if Kentucky doesn't run? Like, do you have a plan? I mean, no, that's like the thorn as well is, you know, what do you do? There's all these different options. Like, do they not run in spring? You know, whatever. And then there's Jersey. That's a four star. So it's. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. We have no idea and we have to wait and every, you know, it is hopefully a good thing that we wait and that they run it and that we can have the five-star Kentucky. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of up in the air and it's honestly kind of just a pain in the butt. Yeah. Sounds like it. So that's definitely my thorn. What about you, Ellie? Is your thorn that you haven't shaved your legs yet? That's what I'm wondering. (laughs) No. So... (laughs) Are you sure? <laughs> I've just, this has become I mean, are you normal. Positive? So I, like Sunday night-ish, I went to go feed the horses and one of my barn cats, Leia, she had like this baseball-sized abscess on her neck. So. God, you have the worst and, luck with cats. Dude, I don't know how it's all just, man, you it's have just 25 cats. of them. Yeah, they kind of end up doing something to themselves all the time. Yeah, it's 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 They're just all numbers. falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it's pretty normal for outdoor cats, but so she she's had one before, but this one like hadn't popped yet, and I was like, Ew. so there were two sides of me. There was like the really gross side that was like, ooh, I want to pop this so bad, and then the other part of me that was like, yeah, she'd probably kill me, and that would be really painful. So I brought her to work with me, and like they popped it, and it was it was gnarly. Nasty, nasty stuff. And then I was like, kind of bummed that we didn't record it to put on YouTube. Dr. Elia abscess popper. Ew, that is so gross. Gross. Hey, you know, (laughs) I'd probably make a lot of money. So I guess that was my my thorn was that, um, you know, I have this really good, you know, discount, but it only covers four pets. And like just said, when you have too many cats, it doesn't cover them all. So I had to pay full price for that procedure. So that wasn't fun. But my rose is that it's actually starting to kind of get warm. I'm hesitant to say that because I'm afraid if I do, like it's going to be a freaking Northeastern or something. But I'm, I'm hopeful that I'll be able to start bringing my horses back into shape and that we'll both be able to lose our winter bods. So I guess that's my tentative rose. All right, so my turn is... Yeah, it's all you. 
Oh, man. Okay, I'll start with my rose. My rose is that I did a recognized event. I can't believe it. And, and you it were went awesome. It was he amazing. Was so, he looked, the pictures look awesome. Oh, thank you, Jess. That means a lot. I felt, I was like, I worried I was going to be there and like have no idea what I was doing. But I, <laughs> he did great. It was amazing. At one point, he was in the lead. I was like, I remember so, I had this moment where I was all done and I was like sitting at the trailer. I a friend of mine went with me and she like ran later in the day and I'm sitting at the trailer and um, an acquaintance I know well came over and she's like, hey, how'd it go? I was like, oh, wonderful. We had a great day. And she's like, you know, you're in you're winning the division right now. Right. And I was like, what? Um, and I didn't I didn't end up winning. I got third, which was still like I was ecstatic. But just like having it was just a moment I'll always remember, you know, like, and just to tell everybody, it's just because you went a little slow. It's not that there was actually anything like it still was a really good ride that you were just a little slow cross country for the win. That's how you lost. But that was it. Yeah. Yes. So it wasn't I, like you had a rail or anything like you still had a awesome performance. Oh, thank you so much, Jess. That means a That's lot. Awesome. But yeah. really good. Yeah. I, so I, like I, watched. I, I kept an eye on it. Oh, yeah. So what happened was optimum time was 515 and I came in at 520. So it was five seconds to sl- like over time. Wow. So- so yeah, I had bad. I had a time penalty, but you know what I did the very next day is I bought a damn cross country watch. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. That will not happen again. <laughs> five seconds was five measly seconds. But it was a good, you know, it was a good green moment for me of like, hey, I don't do this normally, you know, and now yeah. I know. But the problem is now it's like now I'm addicted. Now I'm like I got a taste of like, hey, I can I can like actually do this, you know. Uh, so you got the itch. So I already sent in my entries for Rocking Horse next month. Nice. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a really like good milestone moment for me and my my big fat thoroughbred who I love. So who just who's been like came out of the gate this year like totally ready to work and is just rising to the occasion in all the rings and dressage and hunters and now eventing. He's wonderful. I'm very lucky to have him. Oh, Michael. I know he's so perfect. But then my thorn is, it is really damn expensive to try to compete in the hunters and dressage and eventing <laughs> all yeah. at once. Uh, like, maybe I should pick one. Um, nah. I know. So that's the problem, is, like, trying to coordinate some semblance of a show schedule. And it's, it's just really hard. It's, and it's just a lot of work. Like, trying to, like, coming from the, we had a hunter show at the beginning of January, where you, ob- I obviously ride him one way to be a hunter and then having to, you know, kind of leg him up to be ready for an event is a completely different ride. Even though, you know, all of this is low level, like I'm doing three foot across the board. It's not like I'm jumping huge, but, um, but yeah, it's like, it's, it's a lot of work. So we'll see how, see how long I can keep it going, doing all of the things. But right now I'm like riding high on cloud nine, pretty happy about all the things. So pretty good. That's awesome. Good for you. That's so great. And just as like a viewer to have seen, you know, pictures of you and Mikey over the last like year. And I feel like you're very realistic about your progress and stuff. It's just so cool to have seen you turn out for an event like that and do really well. It's really cool. Oh, that was very sweet of you to say. Thank you. No problem. But hey, Grace, we're so glad you got to join us. And hey, yeah, thank you so much. Before we let you go, we're trying to convince Ellie to shave her legs with a horse clipper. <laughs> so you should wow. put in a good word here because we like the more people we get on board to convince her to do this, we, we want her to videotape it. You'd watch yeah, that, I right? Yeah, I love that. Okay. Matt, we should start a poll. For sure. We should for start sure. a poll on Absolutely. our Facebook page of how to shave them. I'll do, <laughs> should I do like stripes, like leg mohawks? Oh, oh, I think man. that's a pattern. Or like a checkerboard. That would be cool. I like <laughs> Actually, I'm down for that. I'm down, I'm down for, that, for that, that too. <laughs> oh, my oh, my gosh. My yeah, mother's like, going to be ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. She's going to be ashamed to have raised me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to have your mom videotape it so we can hear her commentary while you're doing this. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, awesome. yeah, that's gold. Definitely. Yep. Yep. It'll be even longer by then. I don't know when my mom's (laughs) going to come visit me. (laughs) That's awesome. All right, Grace. Well, thanks again for hanging out with us. Yeah, I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. All right. Have a wonderful night, you guys.
Okay, guys. So Alex from our Facebook group has a mailbag question. I'm interested to know your thoughts. So basically, she just wants to know kind of what goes into like a horse's price tag and also how much does regular work um, impact the price? I guess she's got an OTTB that's been kind of in and out of work and she wants to know how much her price tag should be um, changed or, you know, something like that because of the training when she lists him. So I guess for me is like, depending on what you want to price him at, I'd go to the two different prices. Like, okay, if I put him in training and he was in a bunch of work, what I could get this price. And then, or if I just sold him cheaper and I could get this price right now, look at those two different prices and see if putting him in training and putting him in work actually makes up for the next price. Cause sometimes you look at it and it's only two or $3,000 more or whatever it is. And you're like, by the time you do training and taking them and getting them like a show record again, you're going to spend way more than that. But then there's the other time, like, okay, maybe it's a lot more if you put them in training and got a little show record. So I think you have to look at the two prices and say, look, this is what I could get. And this is what I could get right now. And what I could get after putting a little bit more on him after training and riding and see which one's worth it. From like being an amateur, when I think about like, if I wanted to buy a horse, obviously I think I would prefer one that's in work. So when I come and see it, I, you know, like I know that it's, it, I know what it's capable of doing basically. Like it's already, it's in a program. This is how it acts on, you know, on a normal day. But I, I wouldn't say, you know, it's not a deal breaker to me to know like, hey, this horse has competed up to second level, but for the last six months, he's been sitting in a field. You know, I wouldn't yeah. say that that's a deal breaker, but, but yeah, you know, I, I would have more questions essentially, because I'd want to know why. And I feel like that opens the door. Not that I would assume that the owner is shady, but it just opens the door for a lot more questions. Like, is there an injury? Is that, you know, is there a problem? And I feel like that requires a lot more explanation than if you had the horse going. That's um, true. I mean, Ellie, do you have any feedback? I mean, I just feel like as someone, like as a potential buyer, you know, I definitely wouldn't pay as much for a horse that was sitting for a year. You know, I think that's like something we can all agree on. Um, you know, I mean, honestly, I don't think it has to be in work for that long. I mean, it could be like two, three weeks, you know, and just say, yeah, he sat for this long and now he's, you know, back doing this, you know, he needs more muscle or something, but I would be hesitant to be like, yeah, why was he sitting out in a year in a field for a year? Was he lame? You know, so that, that would lead me as a buyer to be very hesitant. Yeah. So Alex, I would probably, if you can afford to do it and if you have, or if you don't have the time, but can't afford to do it, I would put him back into work in some way, like send him somewhere or, or do it yourself. I feel like it's, it gives him the better chance of going to a good home, right? And then also making you a yeah, little bit absolutely. more money. So if you have a question for us and you want us to want us to answer it on air, you can always send us an email at hello at heelsdownmedia.com or you can join our Facebook group, which is the Heels Down Happy Hour Podcast Lounge. And if you want to hear more from us, you should subscribe to the Heels Down Brief, our daily email newsletter. You can do that by going to bit.ly slash hdbrief. And we want to say thank you to all of our partners this week, EcoGold and Draper Therapies. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.